right, hello everyone. I hope you're doing well. You know, my prayer for you guys right now is that you're finding more space to chase God than ever before. This past couple of weeks, I've been trying to tackle topics to equip you guys for this, you know, kind of crazy time that we're living in, and things are crazy. You're probably going to hear my kids yelling and playing in the background. You know, but that's all right. This is my new normal, and I'm seeking God in it. Um, my normal is one with kids yelling and stuff in the background and trying to do work, and that's just where I'm at. So I'm there, and I'm trying to seek God, and I hope you're doing the same with whatever your new normal is. So let's just have a little bit of a recap. So first week, we talked about a rule of life. Last week, we talked about what evangelism might look like. And then this week, I think we might have a little bit of a turn. Uh, so I was talking this past couple of weeks with the staff and leadership and a lot of you, and I'm kind of sensing that this is a moment where we could just go back to the basics of what it means to be with Jesus. So what I want to do is just kind of like, in these next couple of weeks, focus on topics like prayer, scripture, crafting a quiet time, and stuff like that. So this week, I'm going to start with the topic of prayer. Now, every week, I'm going to have a section where I offer teaching on, on the topic that we're talking about. However, I also want you guys to be able to connect with people in the ministry. So what we want to do is just kind of interview people as we go through this and talk about their experiences with what we're talking about. So this week, I got someone to represent the young adults in our ministry and someone to represent the college students. These two are wonderful, wonderful people. I think you'll enjoy listening to them. So let's check out this conversation I had with Case and Christine. Let's dive into it. Okay. All right, so I have Case and Christine with us. Super excited uh, that these two are going to talk with me about prayer. Uh, but before we kick off, uh, why don't y'all just kind of go around, tell us who you are, uh, but then also tell us uh, what makes prayer hard for you? So who you are and what makes prayer hard for you? I can kick us off. So I'm Case. I'm the director of recreation at First World Way. So I run the gym and uh, get to minister and do all that kind of stuff down there. Um, <clears throat> what makes prayer hard for me? Uh, I think at first I think of like lack of discipline and just not doing it. Uh, but I think the deeper issue there is like kind of a self-assurance. Like I think, like I would never say that, right? You would never say like, oh, I don't need God. But then like sometimes my prayer life reflects that, you know, that I may not need God because I go about doing my, you know, my daily life. And, and so I think a lot of it has to do with just, yeah, just feeling like I can do life and do things without prayer. And so it doesn't, you know, I don't pray as much. So you think that that, um, that persistence would, would come if you realized your need for dependence. Yeah. 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 And I know it's there, but I think it's just interesting how like my prayer life doesn't always reveal that need that I believe I have, you know? Yeah. That's no, good. Christine, what about you? Tell us who you are. Yes, I'm Christine. I'm a Baylor student junior year and I'm a leader with CG. I, or I lead a CG at Woodway. Um, and I have to agree with case. That's definitely something um, but when I first heard this question, I also thought about the fact of like comparison is something I really struggle with. I don't, I feel like I don't have the most elegant prayers and I don't use the biggest words. Um, so I easily fall into comparing my prayers to other people who just like really know what they're saying, you know. Um, but I've just really come to this place of realizing it's my own relationship with the Lord and it's my own conversation 
Um, and it really doesn't matter what kind of words I use or how long my prayers or how beautiful they are, but um, they all just really matter to God. So, yeah. Yeah, I sometimes think that. Sometimes I'll be praying with like a group of leaders. I'll think of <laughs> how beautiful and theologically profound their prayers are, you know. Yeah. And, and when I pray, I'm like, I have like one word at a time. I'm like, so, God, <laughs> like I'm trying to <laughs> think through what I honestly want to say. So, um, hey, so uh, you guys want to share what uh, was a turning point in your prayer life? If you could think of one. So what was like a turning point uh, for you in your prayer life? Oh, I got this one. <laughs> okay. um, I really think the turning point for me was just realizing what posture in prayer looks like. Um, I completely believe that like, well, we're walking on campus or in the grocery store with our friends, we should be in constant prayer with the Lord. Um, but a big turning point for me was that I really just centered um, my posture around getting on my knees and talking to the Lord. It was just a really great way to focus. Um, I kind of have a, my brain just kind of everywhere all the time. So it's just a time where I'm on my knees and I know my purpose and I know I'm talking to the Lord. And it's just, it really has just really encouraged me to grow closer to the Lord. Um, I wake up in the morning. That's the first thing I do. And before I go to bed, I just get on my knees and pray. So I definitely think that's just increased my faith a lot in prayer life. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that too. I think your posture matters. And for me, if I can, if I can stop, um, Actually, right before this interview, I stopped, got on my knees, and got into that posture because uh, sometimes we have so much going on. Um, yeah. To stop and get on your knees, yeah, it does something. Um, yeah, it's intentional. Yeah. Uh, Case, what about you, man? Yeah, I, it's kind of similar, except mine's like I went on a. It's pretty extravagant, changing point, <laughs> I guess, turning point. I went to a monastery in France, wow. and. Uh, I know not everybody can. Okay, have, cool. Showing off a little bit. Went there, and even more than that, I got to spend a week in silence. So, like, for a week, I was in silence and at a silent house. So, like, nobody even tried to talk to you. Yeah. They knew that you were in silence. They knew that your whole, like, week was spent uh, in solitude and, and prayer, really. And so, obviously, that had a really profound effect on me. And one of those was, like, getting on my knees and like the posture of my of my heart and that it's not like usually my prayer life if I'm slouching on a couch it's you know it's reflected in my prayer but anyway just you know being you know a week in silence and understanding that like God is constantly with you and God is constantly involved in your life really started to impact my prayers and that prayer is always a response you know it's not you know it's not something that I have to beg God to come and like be a part of. It's it's really the opposite. God is with us yeah. and delighting when we just acknowledge and pray and speak spend time yeah. with him. So that whole week was just, you know, a big learning curve for me and just, you know, obviously just the power of being silent and realizing prayer isn't always me speaking, but it's a lot of times it's just me being quiet. So Yeah. That's awesome. I've actually I totally forgot that you had that experience. So this really lines up well. And I've always been secretly envious about it, even though I make fun of you for it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, last question for you guys. Uh, share one story uh, where you saw God respond to your prayer. Mm. Oh I can gosh. go first on this. I, uh, yeah, I was talking to my wife earlier today. I was like, man, do I have, like, can you remind me of a time where, like, God specifically answered? Because, like, I, I have a life where I feel like God has always been faithful. Like, I really, like, when you asked that question to us to think about, I was like, man, like, God's always been faithful. Like, there's 
not like I think back to certain prayers like, well, he didn't answer that one. You know, like God has been faithful and he has answered them. I think a lot of times, not to cop out, but like whenever I do pray, like I feel like God, if I do have a request or a petition or anything, like eventually through that prayer, God gets me to a place of like, but have your way. God, whatever you, whatever you want, have your way. And, and, you know, specifically like at the time I can remember my life was, was when I was in summer and I was trying to, I was in summer 2015. I was trying to figure out what the next step of my life would be. And I thought I was going to transfer college and play baseball somewhere else. And that summer began with like, God, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? I just want to go somewhere. And, and then it ended up being like, God, just where, where would you have me go? I'll just go wherever you want me. And it ended up being back in Baylor. And so, and he's answered that every step of the way with just his faithfulness and how he provided when I came back. And, and so I don't know, for me, it, um, like I know God has answered me, but it usually isn't in the way that I, you know, initially started asking. It was always in a way that he, you know, was best for me and for his glory. Okay. So Christine, do you have a, a specific instance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I was thinking about this, I just, I agree. Like the Lord has been so faithful in so many different ways. So I just, I had so many different ideas of how I wanted to answer this and mm. of mission trips of seeing the Lord work and in my own life and in my family. Um, but I thought something I'd like to share was um, just our CG recently, and we had split or multiplied into two groups, and I was just really unsure if I was being called to lead or if I was being called to be led. Um, so that was a lot of just like really intense prayer time um, with you, with um, myself, with different other mentors I have in my life, and um, I was just really unsure. So it's just really, really inspiring and cool to look back now and like read my prayer journals and those kinds of things as I was making that decision, mm-hmm. and to see the faithfulness right now in our CG group. It was hard to because we're zooming and um, we we're just unsure if we we're going to have people show up for Zoom because we only had like one or two meetings um, before this whole pandemic started. Um, so the Lord has been really faithful in that people are just craving. Um, community craving to hear about scripture and just to know the Lord and to speak about it. Um, and I'm just really overwhelmed and joyful at how the Lord has provided in my CG and just um, calling me to lead. Um, so that prayer is definitely something that's really been answered lately. And I've seen, I've just been thinking about it. It's been really, really sweet. Awesome. That's yeah. so good to hear. So good to hear. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you guys uh, so much for this um, brief little interview inside look into your prayer life. And, um, yeah, we, we appreciate it. Um, we love you guys. Love you too. <laughs> love those two people, you know, and I love hearing about their experiences with prayer. You know, prayer is, it's kind of a funny thing. On one hand, it's like this really deep mystical thing that's cloaked in mystery. But on the other hand, it's incredibly normal and like an everyday human thing. It's been said by tons of different people before, but to be human is to pray. It's almost foundational for how we live our lives. You know, we're like these little specks of dust in the vastness of the universe that God created. But that little speck of dust, God breathed life into it and he created it. So everything in us, we just naturally want to reconnect with our creator. I recently read this story about a former atheist uh, who used to look down at her child in the crib and everything in her wanted to thank somebody for her child but she didn't know who to say it to. Uh, So kind of like in an empty room with no one around, she would just whisper out, thank you. Maybe you've been in that familiar situation where you just kind of feel like this 
unbelievable gratitude, but there's no one to thank for the thing in front of you. And you realize that no one did it. Um, and you're not the cause of it. It just almost feels like good luck or almost like someone has blessed you and you just feel compelled to pour out your thanks. You know, some people try to dodge this moment and say things like, thank you universe. Right. But even in our hearts that falls short because we know it's just too impersonal. Or maybe it's just the reverse of everything I'm saying. Maybe you've experienced deep tragedy or pain and the pain in your life feels like an injustice and you want to go like you're angry and you want to contend with someone for the injustice that you see. Who do you go to? Where do you make that plea? Who is the judge that you can go and complain to? All I'm saying is I think that it is human uh, to pray. And the reason I think that is because we are created create uh, sorry we are created creatures, and I know that sounds redundant, but I think sometimes we forget that to be a creature is to be created, and that being the case, we have a creator that we want to reach out to with our thanks, our hurts, our blessings, our requests, and our pain. So I want to talk about prayer. You know, I read this article recently where this professor pointed out that in the month of March, which is when COVID nineteen went global, there was a huge spike on Google with the people, with people searching the word prayer. And, you know, this whole situation can make you feel helpless. Uh, so many of us are sitting at home and we're like on Twitter or on Facebook, and we're just watching the numbers roll in as we hear about more and more deaths and infections and people we know. And, you know, all we know to do is to stay home and try not to spread it. So we're kind of left with our hands open. Um, and whenever you, you know, your hands are open. That's a good time to really start diving into prayer. Uh, Pete Gregg, uh, who's the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, he said that some of the best advice he ever got for prayer is this. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. <laughs> it's pretty easy, right? So Pete Gregg, founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, prayer like prayer houses all over the world. This is the best advice he's gotten on prayer. Keep it simple keep it real and keep it up. Now the keep it simple bit we get, right? Like we're like, yeah, I can just go to him. I can talk normally. I don't have to dress up with beautiful language. I can speak to him. The keep it real. uh, We're kind of good at that. Like just being transparent and authentic and just telling God what you think. But it's the third one that I think most of us struggle with. Keep it up. Um, That's the piece I want to focus on. Uh, You know, that persistence of, of coming to God every single day and talking to him. So what I want to do is I want to look in Luke 11, and uh, we're just going to look at this passage that Jesus has about persistence in prayer. So this is Luke 11, verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Uh, a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I love this passage. Basically, uh, it kind of illustrates uh, what prayer should look like by giving us a picture of somebody uh, who has been on a long journey and they show up and they start banging on your door. And you respond being like, hey, leave me alone. The door is locked. The kids are in bed. I'm not getting up. I can't give you anything. 
And Jesus has this great line there. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. That line. Uh, He's going to get up because of your shameless audacity. Other translations say things like persistence. Eugene Peterson in the message says, if you stand your ground knocking and waking all the neighbors, eventually he's going to get up. And, you know, a lot of people at this point want to jump into, you know, well, what does that say about God? Why do we have to keep knocking? Uh, What what if he comes and it's a bad request? The point that he's trying to make uh, is supposed to be more about our posture than it is about God. Really, all he's saying about the Father is basically like, hey, if you can get up in the middle of the night to answer someone's request, then surely the Heavenly Father can. The main point that he's trying to drive home with us is that we are to persist in our prayer every day, knocking on the door of the Father. So uh, we have a baby monitor that monitors both kids in our in our house, and uh, somehow the monitor ended up on my side of the bed. So if any of the boys wakes up and starts crying, crying, I'm the first one to hear it. I'm not sure why uh, it's on my side of the bed. It doesn't really seem fair. Come to think about it, I don't know if we ever had a discussion about it. Anyways, that's not really the point. The reason I'm saying all this is that every single morning, uh, there's a sound that will come out of the monitor like clockwork. I'll hear my oldest son, Thad, say, Dad, I'm awake, Dad. Uh, and then he'll just continue to repeat it. Dad, 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 I'm awake. And if it's, uh, if it's a day I'm sleeping in, he just continues and continues, dad, dad, dad. And he goes on and on and on until I finally roll out of bed and go down to see him. Um, now with God, we don't have to pester him to convince him, but if, what if we had that daily kind of persistence first thing in the morning? What if the first word that came out of our lips every morning, like clockwork was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And like we're, like we're trying to wake him up from a slumber. Again, he's wide awake and he's ready to receive us. We don't have to convince him. But what if we had that kind of persistence where, where we pray with shameless audacity, calling for an audience with the king and knowing that he'll receive us every single morning? Jesus, I'm here. I'm here. You know, I have no statistical data on this type of thing. But through my years of ministry, I would be willing to bet that the main reason you don't have the prayer life you long for is just because you don't persist. I can't say this enough. You must persist in prayer. One more time, you must persist in prayer. It needs to become a habit for you, wound into your DNA, where like clockwork every morning, our Heavenly Father hears you call out to Him, Father, I'm awake. I'm awake, Father. And at this point, you might be thinking, well, I'm no good at prayer. I have no idea what to do when I pray. I feel clueless. That's actually a really good starting point. Uh, Richard Foster, in his book on prayer, he says this. He says, Our main problem is that we assume prayer is something to master, uh, like the way that we master algebra or auto mechanics. That puts us in an on-top position where we are competent and in control. But when we're praying, we come underneath, where we calmly and deliberately surrender control and become incompetent. So if you feel out of control and you feel like you need someone to guide you through prayer, that's good. That's a good starting point. You can go to God and you can tell him, I don't know how to pray. Teach me how to pray. You can surrender control to him and have him show you how. Keep it simple. Keep it honest. 
and more importantly, keep it up. Keep going to him. Now, the only way you really learn how to pray is by praying and doing it a lot. Now, uh, I know some of you want something more uh, sturdy to go off of, something more solid as you begin praying. So here's an acronym. I'm not a big fan of acronyms, but I think this one's pretty good. So Pete Gregg, that guy I was talking about earlier, uh, he has an acronym that I think could be helpful for you. So the acronym is PRAY, and this is what PRAY stands for. P, pause, R, rejoice, A, ask, and Y, yield. So I'm going to just talk about what those briefly mean. So first up, pause. Um, pause is the moment where you first sit down to pray, and you take a moment and you be still and silent to focus your attention on Him. Usually we have like a thousand things begging for our attention, but here we deliberately stop so we can give our attention to God. In some traditions, they might say a centering prayer. A centering prayer is like a simple prayer that just helps you focus in on God, to just center your entire self on God. Um, I often pray a version of the Jesus prayer when I first sit down. So um, I'll pray, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And I just kind of pray that over and over, kind of trying to focus on, on Jesus. Um, what I might do is to slow down, I'll breathe in and, and in my head, I'll say, Lord Jesus Christ. And as I breathe out, I'll say, have mercy on me. Now, there isn't anything magical about those words. All I'm trying to do is just focus on God. Uh, St. Francis apparently prayed something like, my God, my all, my God, my all. I think that's pretty epic. I might try to start doing that. Whatever you do, first just stop, pause, and give God your attention. Take some time to do it. So first is P, pause. Second, R, rejoice. So move into re to praising God. It's crazy to, like how little of our time we spend praising God in our private prayers. Often what you hear people say is things like, um, Father, uh, thank you for this day. And then they just start going off on the requests, right? Um, how about you take some time and you truly thank God for everything that he's placed in your life. Um, he's given you more than you know. And often for me, after I rejoice for a little bit and praise him for the things in my life, it starts to change what I ask for. So first P, pause, then R, rejoice, A, ask. This is one uh, that you're probably more acquainted with, um, but here you should petition God. Ask God for the thing you desire. Don't be bashful either. Just be honest. You might be unsure about how God feels about your request, but you know the best way to find out how he feels about it is to ask him. Sometimes I'll ask for something and he'll make it clear to me that I shouldn't be concerned with asking for it. Other times I'll ask him for something and he'll tell me that I'm settling and that he has more for me out there. He is a good father and you can trust him to take care of you. So P, pause, R, rejoice, A, ask, and lastly, Y, yield. Our Pete Greg says this also could be yes, because this is the place where you surrender to God and you say yes to whatever he wants to do in you or around you. Um, often for me, this looks like sitting still for a while and listening to God. I try to spend time uh, hearing and discerning what he might say to me, what scriptures he's bringing to mind. And I let go of what I might want and I surrender to him. Or anything that I asked of him, any anxiousness I brought before him, I let go of it and trust him with it. Uh, so just to recap, P, pause, R, rejoice, A, ask, Y, yield. Now, there's nothing magical about, uh, about that. I know he based it loosely off of the Lord's Prayer, the structure. Um, but really, I, just, I was just trying to give you something that maybe will get you praying. Um, 
is it is it the best way to do it? I don't know, but maybe it'll get you praying. It's kind of like uh, sometimes people will say like, does that workout routine work? And it's like, I don't, I don't know. But if it gets you in the gym, it's probably better than you not being in the gym, right? Uh, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like if you haven't been praying and you don't know how to start, just start with that and move from there. Um, so I hope that's helpful. Uh, we're going to have a graphic up uh, on social media, social media later this week um, about that pray acronym. So you can take a snap, snapshot of it, snap shot of it there. Goodness. And, uh, you know, my hope uh, for many of you is that you're going to persist in prayer, that you're going to keep knocking on his door, and you'll see the overwhelming blessing that a life of prayer is. Um, so, all right, guys, that's all I got. Um, if you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, send me an email at bsherman at firstwoodway.org. Um, I love you guys, and uh, you'll hear from us next week. Uh, so, if you don't have anything to do next, you should go pray and then keep praying. All right. Love you guys. Thank you.